With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to Game Over Toronto. It's just me. Just me, myself, and I, and all of you beautiful people who's chosen to tune in live today on this festivus Christmas Eve's Eve. And uh, they, they, it, it was quite a good festive night. It was a pretty, pretty easy game. I, I mean, pretty, there's nothing Nothing that you would that would cause much alarm. It was a very run-of-the-mill beatdown uh, from a very good team in the Toronto Maple Leafs on a very bad team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Something you would expect. Nothing out of the ordinary, really. But uh, yeah, it was a great performance. We saw a, an absolute masterclass from Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner. And we saw Martin Jones absolutely solidifying, stealing the net. Well, the backup net from one Ilya Samsonov. I mean, the, the team looked absolutely tranquil in front of him. Like, they were calm, cool, collected. They had, there, there, was, there was nothing that, they didn't, they didn't look phased. I mean, the Buffalo game, they looked like they were... On so much edge, it was like they had an exam the next day. They were like their car wouldn't start. They looked, they looked just out of sorts. And it just shows you what a calming presence in net can do for a team. So yeah, I mean, great game, right? I mean, there's not like great game. It's as good as you can expect going into the Christmas break of five games. And you know, it, it would have really sucked if that bought that Buffalo game that was last. The, the 9-3 drubbing of the Leafs was the last game going into the, the Christmas season for the team and for the fans. Because, boy, that would make a sour Christmas for the Leafs. And it would, just, it would just set the tone bad going into a break where, you know, five days to stew on it. Like, you know, now you have this win where it kind of looked like an extended practice. And, yeah, they, it, that, that's the way you want to go into the break. So yes, let us talk about this game right here. First of all, how good was that? That national anthem was fantastic. Like, I have been hating on the... I mean, the national anthems across the NHL have been kind of bad lately. Like, a lot of the American cities, 
Singers do not know the lyrics of O Canada. They don't, or they mess it up, or the, the cadence is off. Like, we have seen some butcherings of O Canada, but this one was good. They, they were playing it in bells. I mean, that was, that was cool. I liked it. Shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets game ops there. Yes, you know, when, when the game started, it seemed like a... It was it was kind of a little bit a little bit of heebie-jeebie start. Like there was a lot of chances that Columbus was getting early and often, really putting Martin Jones to the test. And again, all credits to Martin Jones. He looks like he is not even phased in the slightest for a guy who has been on waivers so many times and bought out, who's been in the Marlies, who's been his career has been an absolute roller coaster ride. And through it all, he is not phased. He looks calm. He looks like, hey, this is my net. And he doesn't seem like he's worried at all. It's, it's, it's a, quite the juxtaposition from what we see when you have Ilya Samsonov in net where every shot is a fire drill. Where everything, every time a puck goes even a little bit hard towards the net, you're like, oh my God, it's going in. Oh my God, it's going in. Oh my God. It's the Michael Hutchinson syndrome. And uh, we don't really have that with Martin Jones right now. So it's been kudos to him. Like he's been one of the MVPs of the season so far. And uh, great chances for the Leafs. You know, Mart- Marta gets absolutely robbed by Tarasov there. But he wouldn't be robbed for long because reunited and it feels so good. Marta and Matthews, the tag team is back. Heart Foundation, the... D-Generation X, the greatest tag teams of all time. Marner and Matthews, they, they, brought it, they, they, they brought the band back together. And it was classic. Marner can just find Austin, could find Austin Matthews with his eyes closed. Gets it across. And my poor Tarasov did not have a chance. The puck seemingly went into the back of the net before anybody even knew Austin Matthews was on that side of the ice. And his back of the net... Uh, what do you say? Austin Matthews, 27 goals at this point. And he scored another one. But at this point, he scored his 27th of the year in 30 games. An unbelievable pace. They showed on the broadcast that he was on a pace. It, on a pace through 30 games. I, I believe that was their, their method of, of checking. But he was on a pace that was only matched by Yarmur Yager. Mario Lemieux, and Alex Ovechkin. That is what you call elite company. I mean, Alex Ovechkin's uh, pace was from the 2018-2019 season. Mario and Yager were from the 95 and 96 seasons. So very, like, this is rare air. This is a very rare performance you're seeing out of Austin Matthews. And yeah, and again, throughout the rest of the first period, again, Martin Jones, I can... Sing this guy's praises from the from the treetops. I mean, he is he the best goalie named Martin of all time? Find out later. I'm sorry, I had to do that. That was a, a little bit of a funny. I, I amused myself because I'm talking to no one. And uh, the uh, fourth line, I, honestly, in the first in the first period, I, I got to say something about the fourth line as well. You know, I love when Bobby McMahon is in there. Over Ryan Reeves. It is night and day for that fourth line. They, they're always a threat to score. When you have Bobby McMahon in there. And you have Noah Gregor. Who is like is Usain Bolt on skates. Like He's not great at playmaking. He's not 
He's not a great defensive player, but boy, can he fly down the ice and he can he get a snipe or two off. And yeah, and like they just did that fourth line, I love it. They do a little bit of everything. You got Camp in there for defense, and, and you had him in there for faceoffs. McMahon mixing it up and towards the end of the game with uh with Zach Rowenski. Like there's that's the kind of snarl you need. You don't need a guy with getting staged fights. Like nobody needs these staged fights. It doesn't affect the game, or else the Leafs would have been a great team when they had Colton Orr and Fraser McLaren. But they weren't. But having a guy who's skilled and who you can put out there in a playoff game and in a big moment and you wouldn't be that worried, like Bobby McMahon, and he can mix it up, that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. And that's how he's going to stay in the lineup even when Ryan Reeves comes back from injury. I, I hope he heals fast, but... I think you're going to have to have Bobby McMahon in that. You can't move him out of that lineup there. I love what they've brought. So we get to the end of the period. And the end of the period was a very, very strange and scary moment. So we saw Sean Corrali uh, during the play. He was doubled over and kind of like behind the referee. Referee does not pay no mind. And he's doubled over. Looks like he... You know, a rudimentary, he takes a puck off the hand or a slash. Looks like he's hurt. Well, a couple seconds later, that's when we start to panic. Because, and I was sitting there and I, my skin was crawling. I was like, oh no. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of bad things happen in on hockey rinks this year. And when you see the bench like that, going crazy and like yelling at the rest, stop the play, get a medic. I was I, I the, like I was like oh my god I was praying he was gonna be okay and luckily it was you know it was it, when you looked at the replay it looked innocuous like he got a shot to the abdomen like in the you know the chest the ribs area um, and you know it in the they looked in the tunnel and they were like he needs help he needs help but luckily you know they suspended the rest of the period but luckily we heard we hear pretty much right away that it was all precautionary he was all right and it was great to hear because I was I was like oh my god I, I can't watch a I really don't want to watch a catastrophic injury and I'm glad it was not that so very very happy to see that Sean Corelli was okay uh sidebar they said this in the broadcast but why did they have to wave down a, a paramedic from the other across the ice like can somebody you guys in the chat can tell me this. Why, like, could, did they not have a doctor, like, a better, shouldn't paramedics be on both sides of the benches, like, in case something happens? Like, you got to be ready to react quick. They had to help the paramedic across the ice. Like, that was, doesn't seem very, like a very safe thing, but I digress. Luckily, everything was okay there for the player. I, I, uh, Luke in the chat is saying that he was taken off site for some tests. Uh, so... Again, lucky to hear that, you know, right away, the Columbus uh, PR, PR team and, you know, Frege and everybody else were saying that he was all right, you know, just precautions. So let's get on with the game. We're happy to hear that. So beginning of the period, it starts off like with a goal before I even sit down. So everybody is in, pretty much everyone's in the Ozone, including, you know, <laughs> Lilligren and McCabe, and they get caught. Like, they get caught by a very fast Justin Danforth. He gives them the taste of the Danforth and snipes it past Martin Jones. Yeah, it was kind of a comedy of errors. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like, I feel like we always do that when there's a defensive lapse. 
Because there's a lot of them, and we're going to get to the defensive lapses later. But he falls down, and it's kind of just a kill. I was like, this is a killer. Beginning of the period, this is how your momentum's going to go. It just makes it makes it tougher. But, you know, the Leafs were playing in Columbus, and luck, like, th- with this game, I was after I saw that goal, I'm like, they're playing down to their competition. Here we go. But they weren't. Like, they weren't. Today, they played... They, they looked at the schedule and said, we are the Toronto Maple Leafs team that is top, you know, up, one of the upper echelon teams in the NHL. We're playing the Blue Jackets, a team that is very, very much not. So I think they looked at that calendar and realized who they were and who their opponent was. And they dialed it in. And uh, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of weird ref stuff for the, for the Blue Jackets in this period. You know, we thought that there was a, a, a penalty on the play, uh, but uh, for a, a penalty for uh, going to be a power play for the for the Jackets, but a, a David Camp stick, and then a dive for Adam Fantilli, and I got to tell you, I didn't see it. I, I I didn't see it there. You know, the the Jackets crowd was getting a little bit was getting on the refs, and I I kind of agree with them there. I didn't see it much of a. An embellishment there. I think maybe it's a reputation call. Like maybe he's he's a rookie. Refs are kind of just saying, "Welcome to the show, kid." You know, as the refs are wanting to do. But yeah, I I, I didn't see it there. But you know, on this after this play, the John Tavares, this goal, I was like, who who just who 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 is this guy? Because this is not a John Tavares goal. Right, like he channeled Connor Bedard, who scored one of the best goals you'll ever see <laughs> at, at, in another game for the Blackhawks. But goodness me, the, the, the spinoramas and just absolutely walking past the entire Blue Jackets lineup and putting it past the goaltender Johnny Toronto. This is not this is not the guy we're used to. This is the little thing King, as was said earlier in the chat. This is the guy who gets the goals. Greasy gets them in front of the net. He tips everything in. But boy, he that was unbelievable. I think I don't know that golden stick that that portrait they gave him for his thousandth game. Maybe he looked at it, got some powers. Maybe we're gonna see a new John Tavares who's gonna absolutely undress players and have the best handle in the game. Maybe not. But that was a that was a wonderful goal. I jumped out of my seat like what? Who? What? Where? What? Yeah, and again, we go back to another power play. Adam Fantilli, again, the number one pick, or what, the the draft pick, number one pick for the Blue Jackets, a guy that they uh, put a lot of stock in their future. You know, he's playing meaningful, he's playing games right now, the Jackets are kind of out of it, so they're kind of playing, you know, they're developing their young guys, and part of development is making mistakes. And he very much showed his young age taking a second straight penalty, on a clear hold, like he really is fighting off Austin Matthews, but he really just kind of had the kind of had this around him there. Like he can't really do that. I mean, sometimes if you're more of a veteran player, you can get away with that. But again, look, growing pains. But back to the box, and the Columbus crowd, man, they were getting the refuse suck chants out. You don't hear those refuse suck chants out a lot uh, at uh, hockey games. Like you, that's a basketball staple. But they were they were getting restless out there, and it was a really good crowd. But on that power play, 
another Austin, another Austin Matthews goal. Pretty much the same goal. Like pretty much the same one. Mitch Marner, one side of the ice, sauces it over, perfect pass. Matthews off the stick before you can even hear a cannon explode at the arena, like quicker than the cannon at the uh, at the Blue Jackets arena, back of the net. I like I don't know what else there is to say about Austin Matthews other than boy, you gotta appreciate this as the Leafs fan. Like there's a lot of things bad we can say about this team, and we do very often. But you have this is the best player anybody of us have ever seen on this team. Like anybody alive. I don't know how good Hap Day was. I I really don't know. I didn't see a lot of Hap Day highlights on YouTube. You know, I didn't see a lot of those. I didn't see a lot of Charlie Conacher highlights. Like this is the 20s, the 30s, right? But I have never seen a guy this talented, not even close, wear a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform, even a Toronto sports uniform. Let's be honest. Like you got to put him like in his sport, like him and Kawhi Leonard for that one playoff run. This is a guy who's been here seven years. Like it is right there. Like he is the best athlete maybe this city has ever seen. And that is... It's not saying too much, but wow. And they got him on an absolute bargain of a deal, right? Like, he got absolute, st- like they got him on, a, they signed him at a perfect time. Like, the fact that they got him to the negotiating table before the season started was a big W for Bradshaw Living and Company. Big one, because they got him a higher number than before, but man, he's raised his game like to another level this season than last season. Last season has down year, bad, terrible year of 40 goals, only 40 goals. He needs 10 to eclipse that now, or sorry, 12 to eclipse that. He has 28 goals in 30 games. Uh, almost a goal, a goal, a goal, a game pace. Say that again, 17 times. But yeah, like, <laughs> Uh, Mark Dag in the chat says, "Can 34 only score during a only score score once during a game? I don't think he can this year. Go Leafs, go!" Yeah, that's funny, Mark, because we were talking about like early in the season that most of his goals that he was scoring a, a crap ton of goals were like condensed into a couple pockets of games, but like the in- the consistency wasn't there. You know, we were saying like, "Well, why does he have to score two hat tricks in a row?" But not score for six more games. Like it's not a recipe for winning. But now, Mark, you see that he's scoring multiple goals at most of the games. Like it's like he is, and what is happening too is he's shooting more. And that's like it just seems so elementary that a guy with one of the best shots anybody's ever seen should shoot more. Like that's, and I'm glad he's getting it off. He like he has confidence with it. The wrist. Is looking great. It's not like he's looking healthy. And, you know, knock on wood, that it stays that way. But, man, at this point, I have never seen this guy at a level like this. But as we go, there's uh, the the Blue Jackets crowd finally gets a bit of a reprieve from the the referees (laughs) that they were absolutely hounding. Bobby McMahon gets a holding call there. A pretty pretty clear cut holding call, but the refs were like, "Okay, we got, we have to give them a call, or we're gonna get they're they're gonna throw trash in the ice, and they're gonna make us work a lot longer than we have to." And they call it right away, and it 
it, they didn't capitalize on it, right? I mean, like, this is the team that's struggling. They're without Patrick Line. It's just, yeah, it's, it's the, you know, the, they just didn't really uh, capitalize on it. We almost ended the period with a, um, with a catastrophic giveaway by Morgan Riley. I, yeah, I, I don't think it was a catastrophic giveaway. It was more of like, that was a great steal by Texier, like, uh, by uh, Alex Te- Texier. He just, he knocked that right out of midair. And, Again, Martin Jones standing tall again. And that's, yeah, and that was the end of the second there. On a sidebar, I got to say, there are a couple of markets in the NHL that are like sleeping giants to me because, and I think Columbus is one of them. It's like that and the Sabres. Like obviously the Sabres are a longer, more historic franchise than the the Blue Jackets. But these are the teams that that they played more recently. Two teams that have just cannot find real success. I mean, okay, the Jackets, they won a couple series. You know, they beat Tampa. They beat the Leafs. Uh, I'm not saying that they're, they, the Leafs are any better. But, you know, that's, a, that's a, a market that is, I think is ripe for a winner. If you put a winner there, you're going to see, a, a, a like, you, you will see a massive fan turnout. You're going to see a lot of passion there. That's a sports town, the home of the Buckeyes there. And, it's the only hockey team in Ohio, or only NHL team in Ohio. So, but uh, I'd like to see them get the get things back on track. You know, they tried. You know, they went out, they got Johnny Gaudreau. You know, they thought that okay, it's time to turn the corner. And man, I mean, that's why you, you got to appreciate the regular season success of the Leafs, the consistent regular season success, because it is not guaranteed ever. Like your rebuild doesn't is not guaranteed to be good. Like it's not like okay, three years from now we will set the timer. We're going to be good and you're fine. No, the Leafs had a perfect rebuild basically. And they were off and running within two years into, into consistent playoff games. And yeah, that's why you got to appreciate what we got right now. The consistency of this team. Third period goes on here. And now another, I had a bit of a moment here. I think all of us did. Morgan Riley gets hit in the ankle. And it didn't look that bad. And it wasn't. But he starts limping. And as soon as he starts limping, I'm like, good lord. But the season is flashing before our eyes. I mean, I thought he was, like, if if he was injured for a few weeks, it would be a problem. Because Morgan Riley is a load-bearing pillar on this team. You know, the defensive core... Leaves a lot to de- leaves a lot to be desired, right? It's not it's 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 a lot of patchwork right now. But Riley is the constant on that on that back end, and glad he was okay because woof, if he was not okay, that would be trouble for a Leafs team that is uh, heading on the road in the west for the West Coast in January. Like they're gonna have some tough games, and they're gonna need all hands on deck. And yeah, it was it was a pretty ho-hum third. We got another goal. We got William Nylander on the PK. I am loving the PK, William Nylander on the PK. I having a guy that you just is a threat to get a breakaway on every penalty kill. I know you're 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 giving up a little bit on the defensive the defensive side where you're trying to prevent a goal, but you know, he he takes it and he goes on a two-on-one with TJ Brody. Now this was the most obvious shot ever. You know, I thought the goalie for 
for the Jackets probably should have read it a little better because I don't think William Nylander holding the puck going on a breakaway is going to pass it off to TJ Brody. I, I just, maybe, maybe, but I, I think if you if you ran the simulation 100 times, he's doing that 99 times. He's, he's, he's sniping it, bar down, William Nylander, and uh, 45 points on the year. He's still like, he's, you know, he's not on that. Like he seems to be faded off that crazy torrid pace. Now we're talking about Matthews, but he's like fourth in NHL scoring in points right now. Like it is, he's been, he's been incredible. Like he, he's, this has been his year and, you know, everyone's going to be, it's going to be the hottest topic going into the deadline and going into the new year is how much for Nylander, you know, how much. Is William Nylander gonna get? Like, let me know, guys. Like, it's you know, it, it's it's a tough thing because like we want to bask, you know, you want to like be like, damn, we have all these guys here, they are looking great, but you know, it's you know, it's something that they're gonna have to take care of. Like, there is a lot of things that like, there's a lot of things that this team has got to do, and finding a number for William Nylander that makes sense for both teams. For both sides, rather, that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. I'm a little more optimistic. I have a feeling, you know, Will and Me Leonard might take under double digits a year. Just to be, like, at some point he has to, I I hope he realizes the, the value of being a superstar hockey player in Toronto, right? I mean, the guy took the subway once. Like, and everyone's like, well, twice. I actually saw him once, like, during... Like when everyone was wearing masks. And I was like, oh, that's William Nylander. But he takes the subway. And it becomes a story. And now he has a Rogers commercial. <laughs> because he took the subway. You see what I mean? Like being a Toronto Maple Leaf is one of the greatest investments financially you will ever make in your entire life. Right? If you do anything, they don't even have to win a cup. You go to a conference final. Like... Darcy Tucker is still was still getting checks in Toronto for a conference final team. Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore are getting checks still from conference finals teams. Like this city does not forget. So I hope he sees that and sees the value of that because financially it'll pay off 10 times over. And also you'll be on a winning team. I don't know, guys. I mean, you guys are telling me, you no, know, Willie will not take under 10. Uh, Luke is saying, uh, "Oh, Willie, under ten, you sweet summer child." Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I you know, you, you're probably right. I probably am just uh, a wishful thinking here, but that's my pitch. Like, like, okay, you know, here, nine point eight eight. Put his jersey number in there. You know, everyone wants their jersey number in their contract. There you go. It's not quite ten. It's not quite. You know, it's it's not quite there, but you know, you get a little bit, you know, not you get a little bit of cheekiness there. Everyone has their jersey number in their contract. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, and, and uh, of course, Craig is telling me the cap is going up by four mil next season, so that's a it's a good thing. But that's the thing: the the contracts still can't outpace. They cannot outpace the cap going up. Like it's not like because then you're stuck in the same situation where it's like you're still not adding anybody else, but. You know, I can see, you know, let's see what happens. I, I, I'm confident that they will get a deal done. I, I don't think this is going to be a scenario where uh, where it goes past the trade deadline. He has no contract because, 
I mean, what a way to distract your team out of a uh, while you're going into a playoff run when you're like, yeah, our there's this, we have this looming contract situation, so it's going to be the last dance here, basically. That would be that would be a tough look, like to let a guy go past the trade deadline like that, and you know you're just hoping at a prayer during free agency when everybody who's everyone's going to offer the sun, moon, and stars for this guy. You know, it's it would be quite quite a it's going to be a very interesting deadline for sure. Yeah, I I, I want to see. Do you think Marner deserves much more than Willie? Yeah, I mean. And that's the thing, you know what? Like, I mean, Marner hasn't, I always, I feel like this season Marner hasn't been like the topic of conversation a lot as far as like, look what this guy's doing. It, what, like last season, he was on like, like an 18 game point streak, right? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And he's on that 18 game point streak. And everyone was like, wow, look, he's absolutely, he's unreal. He's one of the best players in the league. I think he's kind of, he's under the, he's like the most under the radar guy on the core right now, but he's still absolutely killing it. Like he has set up both those Matthews goals. He's been incredible. And I think they deserve the same number. Get them in the room together, man. Like get everybody. I mean, Matthew, Matthews deserves more, but I want, like, you get those agents together. Get get everyone together. And be like, listen, I have twenty two million dollars, twenty two for the two of you a year. You guys divide it amongst yourselves in cash. Get a bundles of cash. And be like, divide it amongst yourselves. If only things were that easy negotiation wise. See, business one hundred and one right there. Yeah. So another thing. So in the spirit of uh, the season of Festivus. You know, I, I, I got to talk of airing of grievances here with the team. Team was fantastic today, okay? But there was this tweet that went out today by uh, Megan Cheka of Statleith's, 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 I'm sorry, I can't speak, um, say, showing the absolute gulf of the... The defensive play of the team last season to this season. So I'm going to read it out. So last season, goals against per game was 7th in the league. Now, 26th. I mean, this is the whole season of last season and the pace this season. So smaller sample size, but still alarming. Expected goals, expected by whom? 10th last season, 20th this season. Shot attempts per game, 13th last 
season, 29th this season. Scoring chances against, 8th last season, 23rd this season. Slot chances against, 15th last season, 28th this season. Odd man rushes against a game, 7th last season, 25th this season. You get the picture, right? You 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 understand it's it's dire straits, you know, it, 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 for the defensive side of the of the team. Now, like the thing is, we all jumped on Ilya Samsonov because that's it's the easy thing to do. And yes, he's been he was bad. He's been bad. He's like an eight sixty eight seventy goalie. He looks like he can't stop a rudimentary save, right? But. It can't just be that. Like it's, that's not the entire story of the season right now. It's the defense has been really bad all year. Like Ilya Samsonov does not stop odd man rushes, right? He doesn't stop scoring chances. All he all the goalie does is stop the shots. Okay, that's what they do. The goals against you can you can finesse it and say, oh man, oh the goalie's been crap this year. But everything else, it it lends to the fact that hey. It's not just the goaltending. Like there's a there's a system thing here. Now I know there's been defensive injuries. You know there's been Timothy Lilligren had a high ankle sprain for a while. Jake McCabe was out for a while. But it's not that much of a different decor from last season, other than it's a little bit older. You know, it, you had now TJ Brody's a little bit older. He's he gets caught up in a lot of odd man rushes and a lot of weird plays and end up end up in the back of the net. But also, you got guys in the forward group who are a little less a little less good defensively. Like Max Domi is a great... I love Max Domi. I love the way this guy plays. I love getting this guy on the team. Guy's got a ton of charisma. He's got a ton... He's got a ton of bite to him. You know, he's not the tough... He's not the... He's not going to beat many people up. But he is tough. That guy has his dad's toughness. But yeah, he's not been great defensively. Like, if he was a great defensive player with his offense, I think he'd be an $8 million a year player, not a one-year, $3 million a year player. But what do you guys think? What what, what else is the is the cause here? I've, I saw some tweets half in jest saying Kerfoot and Hall were the reason for the defense being a lot better last season than this season. I don't quite believe that. But the point is, Whatever the cause is, man, Bradshaw Living has a, a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do this trade deadline. I mean, this is a big, this is a huge trade deadline. This is his first as the GM of Toronto. He's got to impress Shanny. You know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of holes to fill. And man, like, it's like, where do you start? Like, of course, you need a right-handed defenseman. But I don't know if one defenseman is going to even, like, if, if one defenseman is going to paper over all this and, and make it all better and make them all in the top 10 and all those defensive metrics again, unless you're going out and getting, uh, getting like, you're not getting a prime Nick Lidstrom. And six and third said 15 goals in two games will skew those stats. That is true. That is very true. I mean, you give them nine. <laughs> But, you know, they still gave up those goals, though. I mean, they still counted, right? It wasn't like somebody just, like, went into the spreadsheet and added more goals in there, right? It's, they still happen. But I don't know. I think, like, 
that's what makes me think like I'm I'm, I'm happy happy for the win. I, I I love and I think they've been despite all the injuries and the bad goaltending and all the stuff surrounding it, they have been very they played very admirably this season. Like they have really stepped up to the plate and with their backs against the wall and showed a lot of resiliency. But to be honest, with these numbers and what I see with my eyes, they're still not a contender for the cup just yet. Like they have the best, they have so much offensive talent, but it's more like an all-star team than a complete team right now. So I'd love to see what they can add. It's going to be, I think it's got to be multiple guys. I don't think you can just count on one acquisition. And like, I think all the other uh, I think all the other GMs uh, understand that the Leafs are bad, like need defense and need to stop more pucks to to win anything in the playoffs. And I, I think knowing that they're gonna be like, oh, you'd like you'd like our top four defensemen. Hmm. Okay. Great. Well, just the first. That's gonna cost you an extra second, buddy, down the line. Oh, that's you want you want our defensive forward. That's gonna cost you. That's gonna cost you one of your top forward prospects. I'm afraid. Not a lot of leverage. Not a lot of leverage there when you have such glaring needs and everybody else is trying to sell and get as much assets as they can. It's it's a recipe for a little bit of little bit of danger there, but it is the tree has a lot of work cut out for him. A lot. A lot of work cut out for him. Curious to see what he does. I'm really really curious. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. He's made some big moves in the past. He's not afraid to big, make big moves. So let's see what happens. And, uh, yeah, let me see. I, I mean, guys, listen, thank you so much for watching out here. You're, this is December 23rd. And, uh, you know, anybody watching, thank you guys for showing up here. Appreciate you giving me your time. Your time today. I, I, I truly appreciate that. But hit me up with some questions. I mean, it doesn't have to be Leafs-related, nhl related but person like you know anything you'd like to ask me the phone lines are open not literally but like i actually i kind of miss those old call-in shows like i really do like when it was like ah oh, we got bob from hamilton on line one and then just, they would just argue with each other uh you know i i would like you know that'd be kind of fun but we don't have the tech i don't quite have the technology for that you know but alas it's really it's really funny actually i one time i'll, I'll tell you a quick story did you guys know, like, like, I was in high school, and I called in to the Fan 590, and for some reason, I swear this wasn't a fever dream, Jack Armstrong, the Raptors commentator, was talking about the Leafs, like, having a full-on segment, taking calls about it, and I'm like, this is weird, but, like, I remember talking to him and about the Leafs, and I'm like, that is strange, like, hello, you know, Jack Armstrong, love Jack Armstrong, so, yeah, guys, throw me down some, throw me down some questions here, did you guys know, like, so I, one of the things I say a lot on these streams is that I'm glad that the Atlantic Division and that the East in general is a lot more competitive by and large this season. Like, I like that they're going to have to fight and scratch and claw. Because, you know, that's the thing. The last season, it was, it was for them, you know, not having some, you know, having to have the sense of urgency or having their feet to the fire all the time. Like, by January, we're all like, oh, great. Well, Tampa Bay in the first round again. Whoop-de-doo. It's bad for entertainment purposes. 
but it was also bad for it was it was bad for the team. Like, how do you? It's human nature. Like, I think a lot of people. I mean, you maybe you can relate. I I'm certainly this way. When something there's a deadline or there's something there's pressure bearing down, you perform better and you learn how to perform better. So I think they have that more this season. They obviously had the adversity early with the injuries, but now the division is wild. Montreal is three points back of Toronto. You know, the only two teams in the Atlantic out of it. Ottawa for sure and Buffalo, but Buffalo's not totally out of it. The Atlantic is wild. Like it is a wild, wild division. The, it, the, the beast is still there. The Boston Bruins are eternal. They will be there longer than the sun is is gonna is gonna still be shining. The Bruins will always be good. Those pesky Panthers always they're still there. So I like it. I think I think you know pressure makes diamonds, right? Pressure makes diamonds. You'd hope. We hope it does. All right. I have a question here by Matthew, friend of the show. Would you like to see hockey on Christmas like basketball and football? Well, yeah. You know, I, that's the thing. You know what? The NBA owns Christmas. Unless it falls on a Sunday, the NBA owns it. Like, I, for as long as I've remembered. The NHL does not like to compete with anything. Because they are the four, at least the fourth sport, pro sport, in the United States. Like, that, we're talking United States here. And even then, you're talking like, like the MLS in some cities is bigger than the NHL, right? Yeah. When you like, you saw them. They they wanted to move the Panthers game and Leafs game because of the the uh, Formula One race happening in Miami. Like, like they don't they know their place in the pecking order, and like going up against those behemoths. I don't I don't think it'll happen. And you know, I think it's a tradition for the NHL, and I kind of like the tradition that like they have a roster freeze at Christmas. Like they kind of take this time of year seriously, to where it's like. No, you guys are people too, and we want to you guys to go and you know spend time with your families. You're on the road a lot. You're taking a lot. You're taking a beating, you know, physically and mentally. You know, go and take your time with your families and uh, rest up. You know, we'll see you on the 27th. You know, that, that I, I kind of like that the league does that. It's one of the things the league does right. I, I actually think even the roster freeze, like I don't think anybody wants will be would be traded on Christmas Day, but you never know. Some. Someone will do it, but I'm glad they don't have that because that would really suck for anybody. And even if you're a millionaire athlete, it'd be suck to be traded while you're opening gifts on Christmas Day. And of course, yeah, the World Juniors, uh, the World Juniors own Boxing Day, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, like let's see what we got here. Is like, I mean, yeah, Lucas saying, why is it fourth? Hockey's the best. Way. Hey, that's the thing, though. It's uh, business wise. It's I I don't know. Like you know, it's. It's it's an interesting situ- It's an interesting thing that like I think the league gets in its own way with marketing too. Like they don't like to market stars and drama, and that's what the other sports. That's what how kind of how the other sports get to the top, right? Like the NBA. I'm a big fan of the NBA. And I, I I do content for the NBA. Is always there's always something happening. So and there's a lot about the stars. I think that's just naturally people want. I think they got to do that a bit more. You know, they got to get, they got to appeal to the human element a bit more. I know they're very hard on teams, team, everything's team, the, 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 the 
front of the jersey matters, back of the jersey doesn't matter. It, that, but you got to get away from that because honestly, I they got. I wish they would have more. Like they would allow more access to teams. They needed like a Netflix series. Like an NHL team, like kind of like Drive to Survive. You get that, you'll get more fans. Like I think people who see the behind the scenes and see these guys' personalities, if they let them in, you'd see a bit more growth in the game, in my opinion. Uh, let's see here. I had an earlier chat question here. Who do you who the, who should the Leafs go out and get? Uh, I, I cannot find the name here. Oh, uh, Bill Mills. I, I think uh, was saying. Do you, what moves are coming? That's what I got. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my crystal ball here, shake it up. I I, I think I re- I think it's gonna be a Calgary trade. I think it, they're just circling each other, like just kiss already. You know that's kind of where it is at. It's like just, you know, you got what we want. I got what you need. You know, like that's. I know he worked there, and they were kind of mean to him on the way out. They're kind of petty, but if that's not a, if that's not any kind of deterrence. I think they're going to go out and get one of the Calgary defensemen, probably Tanev. Um, what I hope is they don't sh- shuttle first-round picks out the door unless a guy has term. So trading a first for Chris Tanev would be kind of disastrous because I, I, unless you're getting like a package to get him and Zadorov or him and Hannafin, then yeah, yeah, trade the first. You know, like you know, I hope it's, I hope, I hope there are some big moves, I hope there are a lot of moves, because I want to see them really go for it, like, they have to, they have everything they need, you know, they gotta, they just, they have to give themselves a chance, they gotta give themselves a chance, you know, you can say, oh, this, these core can't compete in the playoffs, maybe you're right, but the NHL is the way it is until it's not, you know, we thought Ovechkin was a playoff choker forever, cannot get past the Penguins, then one year they did, you know, it, uh, narratives are there to be broken. These guys are still not old. Not they're not old, and they're just maturing into themselves. Like most, if you look at most athletes who win championships, it happens. Like you know, I mean, in different sports, obviously, but it happens when they're in their t- 27, 26, 27. Like that's when you really figure yourself out as a player, and you're seeing it with these guys. Like as they're hitting their primes, so. Yeah, I'd say go out. I'd say go out, get go out, get some, get, do something big. I, I would like to see something big. Just make sure you got some term there. Make sure they're part of a window because this is not the last dance. I mean, you, you, you. But make sure I'd like to see them try to get a core piece and really put their chips on the table and get somebody that you're going to resign for five years. But that would be interesting. I, I think that like I think you're going to see like Samsonov probably. I can see it where they're going to move him in a deal, like just a salary. Like I think, I don't think he's going to be, it's not like he's not a Jack Campbell where it's five years on his deal. They're going to move him kind of like what the LA Kings did with Jonathan Quick. It was just a kind of a contract for contract. I, I, it's not like the Blue Jackets wanted Jonathan Quick. They, they traded him later to the, the Golden Knights. But I can see that where he's just part of a deal to like Calgary, for example, just as a throw-in. And if you're a bad team and you're if you're a team like, Ottawa, or, you know, you, you take a flyer on Ilya Samsonov. You have nothing else to lose. If you're, like, not making it to the playoffs, why not see if you can regain his composure? Maybe you have a guy who's young that you can build out of the net with. If you get the guy from last season, you know, a team like Ottawa, pretty happy to have him. So I, I don't think he's unmovable as we think he is. 
Uh, I, people were asking uh, Lucas saying about the uh, pre uh, resigned Geo uh, Mark Giordano. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it all depends on the guy. I mean, a minimum contract is a minimum contract, but I, I have a feeling like he's just going to retire and go to the <laughs> and be assistant GM. Like he just seems a type or like an assistant coach. But uh, like he's, I mean, for he's for a guy who's forty years old, he still is somewhat an effective player, but. I don't like being in the business of getting, giving, playing a lot of, giving a lot of minutes to a 41-year-old defenseman. The defense is shaky is enough. So, you know, you shaky enough. So you don't want to tempt fate there. And uh, yeah. So I believe we have hit, I believe we hit the end of this year. So thank you for joining me, guys, on my first ever solo game over. I feel like I have talked a whole lot because I have. My vocal cords, my vocal cords are, they're fine. I, they're just, they're going to sweat. My vocal cords are getting a sweat. But yeah, I appreciate it. If anybody has any last second questions, throw them in there. But just want to tell you guys, on behalf of myself and the rest of the SDPN family, I want to wish you guys a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Holidays. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys, yeah, guys, enjoy it. Enjoy the time with your family. Um, you know, spread some cheer, be happy, and uh, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna do the same thing. Get to eat and be merry. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me here. You could be anywhere else in the world on nearly Christmas Eve, but you're here with me. What's my plans for Christmas holidays? Uh, a lot of gatherings, a lot of eating. You know, like a lot of you know, you know, big extended family, a lot of food. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready for it. I'm getting like, I gotta like, gotta, you, you almost have to like warm up for it. I think I gotta do some stretches before you eat the turkey. Cause it's, it's, it's coming on a couple of days. It's come like days in succession. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Again, hit like if you liked it, share it, tell all your friends and tell all your friends this is the place to be after every Leafs game. The next game will be on the 27th of December. It will be a crossover with me and Charlie from Game Over Ottawa. Those Ottawa sends down bad, but a game against the Leafs is always the antidote for those Ottawa Senators. Well, thank you very much again for joining. Merry Christmas and peace.